This, let me tell you something, I do a lot of broadcasting, but doing lessons in leadership right here on News 12 Plus and on a variety of digital platforms is the highlight of my month when we tape this. Mary Gamba, is it your highlight? I tell you, I look forward to it like Christmas morning. No. Really? <laughs> With no, the supply, actually... That's nice. With the supply chain not being able to get any Christmas presents to people. That's that, really I already told my to kids, I, I said they're just getting cash. So as long as the supply chain does not include getting rid of cash, my kids will be happy. And in all seriousness, I do love our show. The work leading up to the show, I must say, I do not enjoy. Uh, but uh, once we're here and we're on tape, it's like planning for a vacation. You plan and pack and plan and pack. And then once you're on your vacation, laying on the beach, this is to me like laying on the beach right now. Speaking of vacation, it is a vacation to have my sister, Michelle Arabata, who is the CEO of the North Ward Center, uh, an organization our dad founded. Michelle, was it 1970? Yes, it was. 1970. Hey, let's formally introduce Michelle Arabato, uh, and then Mary, a little bit later, you'll let everyone know who our sponsors are who helped make the show possible. Michelle, welcome to Lessons in Leadership once again. Hi. You're in the mood to share your wisdom about leadership? <laughs> As much as I can. Yes, yes. So right out of the box, we're doing a series on not-for-profit leadership that the Northward Center is, in fact, partners with us on supporting. We'll be talking to a range of not-for-profit leaders. Quick question. Do you believe there's any significant difference, Michelle, in all seriousness, between leading a not-for-profit versus leading a big profit-making company? Go ahead. Honestly, it's, I would think it's a bit harder. Um, but the essence and the fundamentals are the same. You have to keep a core strength. You have to always think of the bottom line. Um, and the bottom line is about, you know, are we raising enough revenue? Um, I think that's universal to any business. Um, so, you know, to say that the Northward Center is run like a business, I'll say it's run like a business with a heart. Yeah. Speaking because of, we provide, uh, we provide you know many services. Yeah, I was just you just set that up, Michelle. There's about a two second delay. Sorry about that. Uh, lay out some of the services, and we're going to talk about autism um, and the work that Michelle and her great team are doing. Real quick, Michelle, go ahead. I mean, it ranges from youth leadership development, which is a couple of thousand kids a year, all throughout the year whether it's baseball, basketball. Now we've, uh, you know, we have volleyball and we have clinics in the summertime. We built a brand new, beautiful recreational complex right in the heart of Newark. Uh, Casa Israel Adult Medical Day Program, so important to this community. Our, our seniors really have taken a, taken a major hit in, in, our, in our community these past two years, but you know what? They're so happy to be back. And we are all in-person services, of course at this point. And uh, we've got Family Success Center, which is about strengthening families and helping families that are in that dire need, more reactionary and being proactive, uh, along with about strengthening families. We have our foundational program and school, which is the preschool. Preschool, Abbott Pre well, preschool, which is over 700 students right now. And uh, it's really the heart of this community. Um, along with many other services, I did find, um, I was a founder, I am the founder of uh, Center for Autism, which we've incorporated here at the North Ward Center, and we're, it's just a huge part of, of who we are. Yeah, we'll talk about Hope House in a second. Mary, as oh, you, know, yeah. you we'll, we'll do that in a second. Mary, as you jump in, put up the North Ward Center, if we could, in post-production, production, Sylvester, our great, uh, he's way more than an editor. We'll put up the Northward Center's website so people can find out more. Jump in, Mary. 
Yeah, definitely. So it, that's a great transition and pivot point, Michelle. I was going to ask you as a founder uh, for the Center for Autism, talk a little bit. You and I have talked a lot offline about the stigma um, really connected with people living with autism. And just talk a little bit about some of that prejudice that's there. And for viewers yeah. today, how they can understand a little bit more. You and I talked about neurodiversity. So please talk about how that stigma and neurodiversity go hand in hand. Yeah. You know what, Mary, when we talk about this, I have to actually talk to people about that it is a form of prejudice and bias, um, uh, regardless of, of whether it's about someone who may look different, someone who may talk different, someone who may have different actions within, you know, as they come up to you, how do they approach you, whether you want a, uh, a home that happens to be a permanent home for autism, for autistic adults in your neighborhood, what about schools? So there is when we talk about community and we talk about social skills, we, a lot of times we'll talk about social skills when we talk about autism. What I say is that it's not just social skills for people with autism. It's teaching social skills to people in our community who are non-autistic, understanding people with differences. So it goes both ways. And sometimes when I say that, people are, are a little surprised. Give us 30 seconds on Hope House. Wow, it is, you know, a dream come true. It's something that, you know, I felt we really needed to do. We needed to prove. And more important than that, it's a home to four young women who happen to be autistic. They need a lot of services but they are integrated within the community in a beautiful neighborhood and the community is integrated to them. And they're, they're, this is their home. This is where they live. They own it and you can feel that they own it. We actually opened uh, in April and uh, you know it took us a long time to get there. Um, and once we did, once they got in, you know, um, it took a minute, but they, it, let me tell you this, it was easier for them than it was for their parents. Hmm. They were good. <laughs> they were like, this is my place, I get it. Well, by the way, uh, we should make it clear the North Ward Center is in the North Ward, one of five wards in the city of Newark. So we're talking about Newark, New Jersey, the hometown where yeah. Michelle and I grew yeah. up, where our dad, Steve Adubato Sr., um, built a heck of an organization and Michelle is leading it now at the North Ward Center. Mary, real quick, before we let Michelle go, I want to talk a little bit about recruitment and retention of talented yep. people because it's an offline conversation, not only that you and I have a lot, but I have it with Michelle offline. Michelle and I have lots of conversations offline about life, about leadership, and about our dysfunctional family. <laughs> I thought I'm going to get a laugh out of her, that's all. I just want to I was no. just wondering, I was seeing how you're tying that to retention. Is there a connection there? No, there's none. There's absolutely there's none. Not. No, there's it's no segue. Good. Michelle, <laughs> how hard, seriously, how hard to recruit talented people and then to keep them? Yeah, well, I'll stay with recruit because it's been difficult in these times. These past couple of years have been very difficult just to get them through the door. Um, you know, we have a little shortage of teachers right now and just shortage overall of people who I don't know what's going on within the psyche of, of our community right now. It's hard to understand, you know, are they, you know, reevaluating themselves? Um, 
but it's very difficult to get people through the door. I mean, I'll just get them through the door. Not even, you know, I'll worry about retention once I get them. But it's, it's been, I've never seen anything like it. Harder for nonprofits because you have to compete financially. How do you folks? compete? What do you how mean? Do you, how do we compete? How do we compete with Costco? How do we compete? Like they're paying. So the, the employee wages are going up, up and up. Because I'll tell you the difference. One of the differences between a business and a nonprofit, and this is why nonprofits always, we have to be moving and energizing and, and fundraising, is that the business, I guess they look at it and say, okay, we can, we can afford not to take a half a point percentage from our salary and we're gonna give it. We're still gonna make the millions and millions of dollars. Well, nonprofits, we're different. And we know we have a set amount of money and you gotta always make that work. And if you're, and so how do we, how do you compete? How do you compete with that? Like when Costco's is like at $19 an hour and even for, you know, entry level positions, uh, it's very difficult, but that's a reason why you always have to be dynamic in terms of how you're, you know, raising revenue and what other kind of things can you do? Like, can you be more flexible with timing? You know, and that's something that I've done is try to- What does that mean? Flexible timing? Well, okay, if we have a situation where I can have somebody work four days a week okay. in person and then one day a week, you know, uh, virtual, and that works for them, and that I'll take that. Obviously, if it's a yep. teacher, we can't do that. No. But in, in some situations, if you have to leave, if you uh, how about flexible timing? Some people That's go, you right. know, I want to work, you know, 11 to 7. Um, okay. And so those are the things that we've had to do and really look at to say, how are we going to work with, with our um, population right now, but it's, yeah. I have to tell you, I'm sure you've heard this. It's not yeah. just only tough, it's, it's, it's hard to understand exactly what's happening. And by the way, and Mary has a two-day work week right now. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, two days that I don't work. <laughs> Mary works a four-day yeah. week. She asked for Fridays off. She didn't ask. Yeah. She demanded yeah. three or four years but what ago. Steve, what Steve doesn't fill in, fill in the blanks, is that we now have a seminar series that we do in the evening. So seven evenings every month, we work evenings together. And pretty much every Friday is the day that I used to get all my work done without Steve calling me. Mary, you that's do not have big, to justify your exorbitant that's salary. That's the big secret right there, Michelle. That is the big elephant in the room. She is worth every dollar and penny, and I can't- I know I, I am. Uh, oh. I know I am. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> and I'm humble too. <laughs> Michelle, you ever see this? Years ago, I always say this, and I never get tired of saying this. Mary, when you come and ask for a raise, say 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was, when you asked at the end of the year for A, a bonus, B, a mm -hmm. raise, what would happen to you physiologically? Oh, I, it would be redness from my neck to my ears. And uh, yeah. And now I walk into that room and I just say, this is it. <laughs> this how, is it. We said, know, know your worth, Mary. Know your worth. And I know my worth. I yes, wish she I did not know her worth. My life would and be you a know, lot we're better. better. And our worth is better. You yeah. Know, and day by day, my worth continues to go up. <laughs> Confidence. Hey, real quick, before we let you go, Michelle. Mary is much more confident than she used to be. And, and she, in all seriousness, can't pay her enough because she's worth it. Your confidence, Mary, Mary was told the whole time, we, we've talked about this before. Mary was, grew up with, with the Waltons. Um, they did. told her every day that she was great, that she was terrific, and that we she was were, wonderful. We were more like the Osbournes. Okay, the Osbournes. <laughs> 
In the North Ward of Newark, an Italian-American community, here's my question, because we've talked about this before. Where the heck does your confidence come from, given the fact that we were not told on a regular basis how special we really were? That's an, that's an interesting By the question. way, mom's watching right now, so go ahead. Mom's watching. And Steve Senior's watching from somewhere up there. Go ahead. Um, I think it's grit. I don't know if with you, Stephen, because you were the male. It is a little different for men. Um, what? Certainly, my, my, myself and Teresa were never really um, told our worth. But boy, we understood grit. So it was almost like um, we're going to show you. You know, I'm going to show you how much I'm worth. Okay. And, and I think that was appreciated. So it was that constant, like trying to prove yourself and True. recognizing, you know, I can do this. And finally, before I let you go, I was, I guess, I, Mary, I have not been a great interview because I only got 10 minutes. Oh, no, it was more than that. No, no, I'm going to give her a little bit more. I'm all seriousness, Michelle. No, no. I, I don't, I don't like using <laughs> this term. Um, I, the chosen one, because there's only one chosen one. In our family, I was the chosen one, was I not? Absolutely. I was the prince. Mary, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't want to make this I, all about I, I'm me. not even going to get involved. I'm, <clears throat> I'm just going to sit and watch. See, we're 13 <laughs> minutes in, Michelle. But I did we not just like got the, the cue. I that means like we have the, to go. All right, I got it. I'm just trying to be humble and say I didn't like all the attention growing up. But Michelle, <laughs> I want to thank you, the great team at the North Ward Center doing great work every day. You saw their website up. Mary, thank you for setting this up on Michelle's busy schedule. Michelle, we'll see you soon. We'll talk offline and we'll talk uh, behind uh, every other member Everyone's in our family. Back. We'll talk behind their backs. Okay. Absolutely. Not mommy though. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye Michelle. I'll talk to Mary after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University. Prager Metis. Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Construction companies work at the heart of our communities. So do the operating engineers of Local 825, who build our roads and bridges and ensure the safe transmission of energy that keeps us on the move. Local 825 works with contractors as partners in quality, safety, and training. Our achievements stand as monuments to collaboration that will last for generations. This message has been brought to you by the members of Operating Engineers Local 825. Better building begins here. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba. Mary, do me a favor. Could we um, thank all of our very generous sponsors and our media partners before we go mm -hmm. on any further? I would love to. So first and foremost, our partners, Prager Metis. Uh, we just saw uh, your sister, Michelle Adubato. So thank you to the North Ward Center, New Jersey Sharing Network, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, uh, Seton Hall University, and the Bacino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University. 
Kessler Foundation and Delta Dental of New Jersey. And also while I'm at it, I would also like to thank our promotional partners, Commerce and Industry Association of New Jersey and Commerce Magazine and New Jersey Business and Industry Association and New Jersey Business Magazine. So thank you all so much for making this show possible. Yeah, in just a minute or so, we're going to listen to Barry Ostrowski, who's the uh, CEO of RWJ Barnabas Health, a healthcare organization that's been supporting our public broadcasting work for a long time. And I also do some uh, communication coaching there as well through our firm, Stand and Deliver. But Mary, I want to real quick do this. Um, why don't we go to Barry, and then I'm going to talk to you about a couple other things. As we're doing this program toward the end of 2021, this may be dated, but I want to talk about a couple of sports-related situations that are not really about sports, but for me about leadership and integrity or the lack thereof and honesty and the lack thereof with some people, at least right now, who are being less than the kind of leaders they should be. Right now, a leader that uh, we can all be proud of, Barry Ostrowski from RWJ Barnabas Health. Talking leadership with a good friend, Barry Ostrowski, who is the president and CEO of RWJ Barnabas Health. Hey, Barry, listen, forget about the fact that we're taping this in late 2021, that the Yankees no longer are playing baseball. But Sadly. there's a leadership question here. Trust me on this. I'm going to tie it to the Yankees. I Actually, legitimately, I will. Um, the late Colin Powell once told me uh, that leaders sometimes have to make tough decisions. In an interview I did with him, leaders have to sometimes piss people off by making tough decisions. They don't want to, but they make tough decisions. You and the team at RWJ Barnabas Health, one of the first healthcare systems in the nation to say that vaccines would be mandatory. You got some people peeved. Some people were let go because they didn't meet the deadline requirement, whatever. Do you care? Here's the question. Do you care? that much if when you make the best decision as a leader on behalf of your very large and important organization, whether some people are peeved. I do care, Steve, and I think every good leader should care. The, the problem is you can't allow that caring to betray the best judgment that you apply to an issue. The best judgment in this case was to mandate vaccines. I don't think there's any doubt about the data. I don't think there's any doubt about the impact. Uh, and frankly, in our world, we believe it to have been a responsibility to, in fact, say to the world, we believe in the vaccine and we believe in doing anything we can to curtail the pandemic and its illness. I do feel badly that people disagree with me. I do feel badly that it required separation from employment and whatever that brings on for their family and personal lives. But still in all, in order to protect the greater good in order to be the organization that we think we want to be, we're going to have to sacrifice some of that emotion in favor of a better business judgment. And that's frankly what I think we do on a semi-regular basis. I'll say this, we're in the difficult discussion business. We have to sit with patients and talk about things that aren't popular and frankly are emotional and distressing. And, and so having difficult conversations with people uh, is part of the leadership regimen. And sometimes it results in never speaking to those people again or having to separate them. But I feel gratified candidly that I know the judgments I attempt to make are supported by the facts. There's only one set of facts. You can have your own opinion as to those facts, but there's only one set of facts. And if you can operate using those facts, I think you can make good decisions. Barry, again, people may think this is a ridiculous transition, or I'm just doing it because I'm an obsessed Yankee fan, as you are. By the way, Barry's obsessed in a different way. He actually went to the, I'm not going to say what year, but I know it was a couple of years yeah. ago. You went to the fantasy Yankee, was it in Florida? Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. So you, you had the uniform. Absolutely. I'll send you my baseball card. Barry's got a baseball card. If it were me, I would have worn Mickey Mantle's. Uh, did, did you wear your own number or someone else's? No, yeah, you could. I wore Mickey's number, and Mickey was there. That's how many years ago it was. Did you actually... I know this lessons in leadership has nothing to do with this. Did you actually get, to, I've read so many books on Mickey Mantle. So, so obsessed about the movie 61, Billy Crystal. Did you actually talk to him? Talk to him. I spent most nights having dinner with him. Wow. And that's Barry and with I was talking about that. With adult libations, I might add. I find that very hard to believe, my friend. Uh, real quick on this on the Yankees, in all seriousness. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know either. But as we do this program, Aaron Boone was just, um, he's the manager again. Brian Cashman, the GM again. Here's the thing. And we're not a sports prognosticator. Check out ESPN, ESPN for that, right? Barry, sports, healthcare, media, whatever. You do have to make those tough decisions. And if a decision is made to keep the manager, fine. But you may not have to, you may not be able to keep the catcher, Gary Sanchez. We don't know what's going to happen. But at what point do you say, or you remember the second baseman, Chuck Knobloch couldn't throw the ball to first base? Your coach, you give feedback. Back, your coach, you give feedback, your patient. At what point do you say, you know what? It's not going to work. Well, I think you say that in a couple of different ways. One, when the chemistry isn't there, when some piece doesn't fit into the overall puzzle, you only have one choice. You have to remove that piece and get a piece that does fit into the puzzle. Look, you're the expert on this, Steve. Leadership means motivation. If you can't motivate skilled people to operate at their highest level of skill and talent, then you really are not an effective leader. You can have the best roster and the best lineup, but if they're not willing to go out and play, in this case, the sports metaphor, the games they're capable of playing, because there isn't someone leading them to that optimal outcome, I don't think you have the right leader. So it's one thing not to have the talent. It's one thing not to have the skill set. It's one thing to have a roster that's seriously weak. I don't think that's descriptive of the team you and I love. I think we've got great skill and great talent for some reason or another. They don't seem to be sufficiently motivated to use that skill and those talents to optimal results. And frankly, I was unhappy of being passed over to be named the man. Barry Ostrowski, CEO of RWJ Barnabas, the president, soon to be, don't know when, the manager of the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Barry. I'll talk to you Thanks, soon. Thanks, Steve. Be well. Good to see you. That was Barry Ostrowski. And I... Uh, Learned a lot from him. So thank you, Barry, and the team at RWG Barnabas Health. Speaking of teams, Mary, again, I know we're doing this a little bit before Thanksgiving 2021, and this may be dated, but I'm going to lay this out there right now. I'm a big fan, and uh, you know, one of my favorite books is Extreme Ownership, right? Written by two Navy SEALs. It's part of our leadership library when you look on standashdeliver.com. So own your mistakes. I make a lot of them. I get a lot of practice at this. I hope it's dated, but Aaron Rodgers is a football player. He's a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. You can look at the video. We're not even going to run it here. You know the story. He was asked. COVID is a reality for all of us. Teams are close together. Teams with media inside the facility, out on the field, masks, no masks. There's no vaccine mandate in the NFL, but if you're not vaccinated, you need to share it. And the protocol is one thing for the number of days if you have COVID, if you're unvaccinated versus if you're vaccinated. Long story short, Aaron Rodgers was asked in a press conference, are you vaccinated? And his answer was, yes, I'm immunized. 
He wasn't vaccinated. He got COVID. Later on, he said he had all these other vitamins and things he took. He called that immunized. But he also went around without a mask, put others at risk, and then did on the Pat McAfee show that I listen to all the time, a podcast, his first communication was, I'm tired of the woke mob coming after me. I'm a victim in this. Um, it's so unfair. Mary? And then the next couple of days later, he said, listen, the people may have misinterpreted what I meant and my bad. Mary? <laughs> victim? Or someone who just couldn't admit, I screwed up and I tried to pin it on other people? Go ahead. Well, and, and it even started way before that, right? You talked about how he used to play on words. So he, it, there's also deception in there. So it started as, it, it's one thing if you make a mistake and then you own it, it wasn't even a mistake. That no. was intentional. Take all sports aside. It was intentional nothing deception. To do with sports. Nothing to do with yeah, sports. No, nothing to do with sports. So it's whether you're a CEO of a company and you're sitting there and you are intentionally misleading and sharing incorrect and inaccurate and frankly, not safe information because people are then going to approach him in a certain way. Oh, I can be without a mask with him because he's immunized. So that was the first, you know, mistake number one in leadership is you never want to be deceptive. Sure. If you don't know, you can say you don't know. And if he said that, it would have been a, a different story. Or I'm not taking the vaccine because I don't believe it's safe sure. for me. And I've made a personal decision. Exactly. And there's athletes that. left and right. I mean, I, you know, there's that's what Kyrie Irving did. Right. As we speak and right now with the Nets, Kyrie Irving's losing half mm -hmm. of a year of his salary. Listen, mm -hmm. I don't think, I think he should be more of a team player, but who am I to say what he yeah. should do? But, but he said what he up, was doing. He's being upfront. And that is, you know, and, and that's where it does get a little bit trickier in terms of, you know, uh, really saying to somebody, oh, why did, why are you making the decision or not the decision? But we're talking about outright deception. And then after he was called out for that outright deception to go to finger pointing and blame and I'm a victim and poor me, like every step of the way, that is an example of what not to do as a leader. And again, I want to help people understand. I don't look at sport. I love sports. I'm fascinated by it. I was a struggling athlete back in the day. Uh, Mary doesn't like Mary showed a picture of me <coughs> in some other show we did, I guess, with Kenny Danico. Mm -hmm. I wish it was a picture of me throwing uh, for 300 yards in a state championship as a quarterback, but it was a picture of me kicking a field goal at New York City Stadium in a state championship that we lost. All right, never mind. It's not about me. So, uh, but I got to tell you something. I only talk about sports on this show because of its relevant, its relevance to leadership and how you communicate. Because when these athletes are out there in public and they have to be in a press conference or coaches owning it, taking responsibility versus pointing the finger in another show, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield, who, as we speak, is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and Odell Beckham, a great receiver who played for the Giants and then for the Browns and then was released by the Browns. It has nothing. We're not a sports show. I love sports, but I will talk about it in another show in the context of how leaders in any arena, including in sports, need to carry themselves, how they need to communicate with integrity, honesty, and credibility. Um, that's what it's like for me. And by the way, Kenny Danico, when we had him, Mary, it wasn't about sports. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. He talked about, about picking. Yeah, he talked about picking people up. He talked about if someone's down, that's what a true leader is. They pick them up. They don't kick them down. They don't keep them down. It makes them feel good doing good by being there for others. And that's what true leadership really is. Whether you're on the hockey field, football field or running an organization or a media company, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, Mary, great job as usual. Thank you. Thank you to Barry. Thank you to my sister, Michelle, and the great team at the North Ward 
Center mom, I want to apologize if you were offended. I know she watches lessons in leadership every week. Your dad watches as well, Mary, right? He does. He does. And dad, I'm wearing the necklace what he got for me, which is lovely. So it's my mom's wedding ring on a necklace and it's beautiful. So thank you, dad. I love it. I love it. I know we have two viewers. We do. We Mary's have. Yes, dad. we should. Well, I don't know what we should get them together for brunch one day. They could watch together. I have a better idea. Let's just get them on camera together. Oh my gosh. We have, now that we put it out into the atmosphere, we have to make that happen. Yes. I love my mother. I'll get her hair done and her makeup. <laughs> it'll be the greatest. Mary, Steve, lessons in leadership to giving credit to Elvin, to Scarlin, to Sylvester, to April doing makeup. Mary, who am I missing? Oh, our, uh, our, our closed caption. Yep. Closed captioning. Yep. Amy. Amy. Thank you, Amy. And thank you everyone on the team. But most of all, to Mary Gamba, who's not just great on camera, but our executive producer. Look at, look at Elvin put Amy's name up right away. I know. Everyone, so I like good. how everyone likes to share credit. It's a great thing about our team. See you next week. Lessons in Leadership. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.